Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. XNO. Let's go in-depth on Hawkeye Sports with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Hawk Central, powered by G Mig's Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Oh, it's always fun to talk Hawkeyes with my friends, Chad Lystico and Mark Emmert. I haven't talked to you guys in weeks. I can't imagine how much football we're going to get to catch up on today. Mark Emmert, good to hear from you, buddy. How you been? Is that sarcasm? How's your day been, man? You, you good, Mark? I've had better days, but uh, it's, it's okay. How about you? I I want to talk to you guys about this. I don't want to get you into any hot water at all, so I want to start things off so that our, our listeners have an idea. And, Chad, you're here in studio with us. Uh, better days, I'm sure. Buddy, how, how are you, man? Pretty good. I'm trying to get my microphone to work here. Hey, there yep, it is. You're, yep, you're sounding good to me, at least. <laughs> uh, looking forward to Brian Ferentz joining us about 6.45. Yeah, so, uh, and we got a bunch of stuff to get through before we get to that, okay? Yep, yep. Uh, obvious stuff here. So let's. I'm going to read this statement that we got from executive editor, editor of the Des Moines Register, Carol Hunter. Yeah, this is a new statement, This is I know. Right, this one just came out uh, about an hour ago. We read this about a half hour ago, but I want to give this the, the, the due diligence it deserves because this is important for us to have a launching off point for Hawk Central here. Here's the statement from Des Moines Register editor Carol Hunter. Earlier this week, a Register news reporter was assigned to write an in-depth profile on Carson King. His incredible effort to raise money for the Steed Family Children's Hospital has touched just about every Iowan, and we wanted to tell the story of the man behind it all. We did an at-length sit-down interview with Carson, and as part of the background check, which typically includes everything from talking to friends and family to looking into possible criminal background and social media history, we discovered two racist tweets from Carson from high school. We talked with Carson about them, and he expressed immediate regret. There was considerable discussion among newsroom leaders about whether information about the tweets should be included in the story. We made the decision to include them and Carson's immediate expression of regret toward the bottom of the story, but we're still working on editing that story Tuesday night. In the meantime, Carson held a press conference with two local media outlets at 7 p.m. to offer an explanation and apology for his past tweets. Anheuser-Busch slash Bushlight is one of the companies matching Carson's donations. It announced Tuesday evening that it would uphold its commitment to donate more than $350,000 to the Children's Hospital, but, quote, we will have no further association with him, end quote, in light of, quote, multiple social media posts that do not align with our values as a brand or as a company, end quote. The company told Carson about its decision early Tuesday afternoon, he said, he also said he did not notify Bushlight about the tweets before it contacted him about its decision. The register did not contact the company until after Anheuser-Busch issued its statement, and we published the profile of Carson after that. I also want Iowa sports fans to understand that Hawkeye columnist Chad Lysico and beat reporter Mark Emmert were not part of the decision-making process in preparing or publishing this story. Editorial judgments are complicated and subjective, we understand many disagree with our decision. We are listening to your comments and hope to learn from them. Made for a weird day for you, fellas. Uh, let's just kind of talk about some of the things that maybe you can you can clear up for us. And if if we get into deep water or something that you, uh, you know, don't put your don't put your livelihoods in jeopardy just because somebody out there wants to know eight seconds of information. All right. 
Mark, can you kind of walk us through like what is what's the normal process when you go to get an article published and and you've got a, a subject? What what gets published? What doesn't? Do you have do you have control over that? Uh, the writer uh, has some, obviously, because it's your your story. Your name is on it. Uh, certainly, you're part of the discussion. Ultimately, it would be Carol Hunter that would decide what is included and what is omitted and why. Uh, I would say, first of all, this is probably not a normal process. The story, I'm sure, was was unique, probably on many levels for everybody involved. I've never been, I've never seen anything quite like this one. Um, but yeah, that, I think she said it very well. I'm sure there were several people involved in the discussions, and they all probably got their chance to be heard in terms of whether or not this should be a part of the story. Ultimately, I'm not sure what the persuasive argument was, but it was in favor of, of including the tweets. And uh, and I'm sure that came down to Carol Hunter. So that's, that is that is pretty normal. I mean, you usually have some give and take there. Chad, backlash, is that fair today? You guys been dealing, I know, I know you had some wicked stuff kind of happen around the office today too. What uh, Can you just kind of walk us through what today's been like and, and, and what how this maybe affects the day-to-day business going forward or, or sure. how did it affect today? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, last night uh, I decided to turn off Twitter. I kind of was I was praying about it, and I was like, you know, I just I'm just going to turn off Twitter for a few days and just, uh, uh, you know, deal with it personally in my and uh, and kind of let it ride out. Um, I I would I would uh, probably be naive to say there'd probably be no backlash, um, but I would like to, uh, you know, feel like that. Well, let me say this. It's something that uh, Mark and I had no control or knowledge about. I, I probably spent three hours today chatting with my text group. I know we've mentioned that a few times on this show. And um, I just kind of threw it out there. And uh, I was actually pretty, really encouraged by the goodness in people, that everybody just reaching out saying, hey, are you okay, whatever, because uh, I know, you're, you know your company's getting some heat. And um, it just it just reminded me at that point kind of like the – the good in people. And, um, I mean, the bottom line for me is, you know, everyone listening to this right now has probably been part of an organization of some kind in their life. And at the end of the day, we're all kind of responsible for how we proceed with, with whatever circumstances we're dealt with the choices uh, we make. And, uh, that's all I can, can have control over when, and the stuff that I write. So I'm trying to, um, just move forward and that's in that way. Personally, I mean, you asked me a personal question, so that's yeah, what I meant. Right. And, uh, you know, I just I I plan I mean, to kind of conduct myself going forward. Chad, with, I'm not uh, trying to be a jerk. That's what I care about. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, yeah, sure. I like the register. You guys are my friends. And when I woke up this morning, you were the ones I was thinking about. You, you specifically, you and Mark, Tommy and Randy, maybe a little <laughs> bit, but you know, and you know, all of you guys down there. Zach, I've got a lot of friends down in that building, and. I know what that's like when somebody that you work with and have very little relation with says something stupid on the radio and people would try to blame it on on us or take it out mm-hmm. on us and that sucks. And these makes for really bad days around the office. So Yeah. I, I was, just uh, you know, that's I just want people to know that, you know, I'm just I feel like I've always done a, a, my job in terms of uh, you know, with a lot of integrity and a good heart and that's what I plan to continue to do and whether you read me ever again or not because of you know something that happened outside of my control then that's your choice let's talk about uh let, let's talk about real stuff like bandgate huh you want to get into that mark Emmert? did you guys uh, do we have to did you talk about this so i was gone for two weeks man i've been i, I feel like i've missed you guys here yeah we missed you too i was, was fishing yeah, yeah i was gone i hear you Emmert. i hear you <laughs> 
Has anybody done a good job of anything in this situation, Mark? <laughs> the van situation? Uh, let me think about that. I'm sure somebody has. I mean, I think uh, I've been kind of impressed with the, with the band members themselves, with uh, kind of the way they've kind of pushed this narrative forward and not let it just die down. I think that was, uh, I think, pretty bold of them last week. And so that was maybe maybe the kids. But uh, I don't think the adults necessarily have, no. How did uh, you, were you at the press conference, was it yesterday? Uh, it, they've all run together on me now, man, it seems like. Was yeah. it yesterday that Barta was doing that? Yeah, he spoke, uh, he is, just for context, he is always uh, in the back of the room when Kirk Ferentz addresses the media on Tuesday afternoons and typically available afterwards if anybody wants to ask some questions, which doesn't always happen. We don't always have something to ask him, but in this case, of course, we were very eager to talk to him, and he, and he uh, stepped forward and spoke for about 10 minutes. Um, about you know he answered some questions some questions he couldn't answer uh, I was kind of uh, curious to know how how involved he was in terms of hands on with these band members and then we found out that actually Barbara Burke is his uh, deputy athletic director is the one that's been kind of doing the day to day face to face meetings with the band students so um, I'm kind of curious to know why she was not then available in, instead of him because maybe she could have answered some questions that he could not but uh, the one thing that I kind of took away from that is that uh, I still I'm not sure why but he's just adamant that he he did not close the investigation even though he told us. Uh, via Steve Rowe in a statement, I believe it was last Wednesday, us meeting the press citizen, not me personally, but uh, that they were moving forward, uh, indicating the investigation was done. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't get enough details. They, couldn't, they don't think they could you know, find enough information out to be uh, substantive. And so they were just going to move forward and try to focus on making things safer going you know, next year and beyond. And now, of course, on Tuesday, he says, no, we never closed the investigation. Um, then, he, then he kind of try to quibble with whether or not it was even an investigation. He said, you know, we don't investigate. We, you know, somebody else is investigating. So he was trying to parse some words there. I thought that that did not speak well with him. But overall, I did think he handled that pretty well. And, and he did kind of explain what the process had been and, and kind of what the frustrations were in terms of trying to get to the truth of the matter. Chad, it seems like there, there's so much clutter with that story that is just, <laughs> just almost seems like nonsense to me. It, the, is this is this going to affect this game? I mean, I saw the governor send out a tweet yesterday. Like that's how far we went into wasting resources on this. Is the governor <laughs> sending out a tweet saying that she's going to use legislative powers to make sure that Iowa and Iowa State play football against each other? What? what? I mean, how close are we to losing the game? I would say zero point one percent chance. But glad uh, to hear. It's it. just, it's, I mean, obviously this. It's been a popular topic, uh, you know, for much of this week and and beyond and. I just, it's 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 all the same conversation. It's just like let's be nice to each other. You know, people make mistakes. Let's figure out a way to do better next time. Right? Does this at all? Did that conversation that dominated those the the seven eight days after the game? Um, does that change anything with this game? I mean, like the. Do you think there's logistics that that need to be addressed? Well, where did you land with this after kind of dissecting it all? I mean, or you still in well, the air. Here, here's a question. I haven't written anything about this topic, but I've just been kind of observing. But I'd be curious, like, is it because it's not really about the band, right? It's just about personal behavior or fan behavior. It's not really about the band. Because I was thinking, well, what? You know, maybe just don't send the band to the Iowa State game. But it's not really about the band, right? Or is it? I don't. I, I would. I mean, it depends on your perspective of it. Obviously, yeah. you know, it's the it takes two to tango. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. And so I think that yeah, there's just as much of a conversation about whatever the band's role was in this, and you know, and mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say that there's fault on either side here because I don't know. I have no idea what even happened. Yeah, nobody really. Does. So 
I don't know, but I would say there is a there. There's certainly a an aspect of this story that involves yeah. the band here. Yeah, and, and I what, would okay. So I would say it'd be it'd be silly then to say okay, bands aren't going to this game anymore. Right. It'd be an overreaction. Hundred percent. Right? I mean, right. send them next year, and then if there's another, you know, another incident, then maybe you know, if if, if people can't figure it out in a year to protect each other and bands yeah. and. Right. And it, obviously, I, the circumstances. Agree with you. The circumstances of this particular game were just wild right. to begin with. So, I mean, just absolutely, we'll never see it. anything like that again for an Iowa State game in terms of parking lots opened at five, and I think Mark and I left the press box at one thirty uh, a.m.s uh, on both of oh, those. Oh, I know. I was yeah, on so. the air and, until after you left that <laughs> so, press box. I know. So, well aware, man. So people had all day to get, uh, you know. Uh, Lubricated, good, whatever, good whatever word. the word is good there. Word. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I just think the circumstances are so unique. So I wouldn't. Uh, I, I think we can probably figure it out by next year. All right. Let's let's, do, let's yeah. talk football. Let's do that. Okay. Enough of the garbage. Uh, I, I, tell me what I've missed here in the Big Ten, Mark. I've been gone a couple of days. I'm assuming Nebraska has reclaimed their uh, their throne across uh, up, up along the top of the Big Ten. After that uh, crushing <laughs> loss to Colorado, they figured everything out, and they have just rolled up everybody, so we don't need to talk about them. Michigan, obviously, is still just kicking everybody's butt out, uh, 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 out east and, and rolling along. What, what do you want to catch me up to date on, man, is Illinois, Minnesota. You probably want to talk about Minnesota, don't you? No, I had a bye last week. What, what? Idle. You're, you're being sarcastic again. You know what happened. Huh? What happened? My, my preseason prediction of a Northwestern Michigan Big Ten title game is not looking very good at the moment. <laughs> you didn't know <laughs> that Northwest. That. You didn't know Northwestern was going to lose a quarterback. Mark, I liked. I loved your Northwestern I, pick because I thought everybody was. Well, when I was picking them with the quarterback that transferred, that was actually playing, that's not any good. Not oh, any other quarterback. So oh, that's. I, I can't take credit for this, Ross. Well, then that's really bad. Uh, and I thought I thought they might have some kind of semblance of offense. They don't. They may not score a point this week at Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin looks like the greatest team ever assembled. Michigan, your guy Harbaugh, I think is in a little bit of trouble there, buddy. You might have to send him a letter. Oh, he's been. Oh, oh, trust me, he's been getting my letters. <laughs> and uh, and Nebraska, I think they have like five thousand yards of offense and barely won at Illinois. I'm not sure what what's going on that game, but uh, it, it was not a good look for the Cornhuskers. So. What I'm saying is uh, Iowa on a bye week looks better than nine-tenths of the Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> well, <but. laughs> well uh, does, does this mean anything for the Hawkeyes, Chad? I mean, if you're uh, well, obviously last weekend with a bye week, but watching these games kind of play out, what does it mean for Iowa? Yeah, I think uh, my opinion is uh, Wisconsin does look like the real deal, uh, but I also I thought Michigan looked very, very beatable. So, And those are two uh, as <laughs> – And they were. <laughs> <laughs> avid listeners will know that i picked iowa's two big 10 losses to be to those two teams on the road and so but i now i now would say michigan is much more attainable as a win uh, i think you want to see if you're a hawkeye fan that that program maybe uh melt down quick <laughs> before you catch them in two weeks that said i think uh michigan might give iowa a pretty good uh, maybe it's best shot, you know. Hey, let's save our season type of game mm. in a couple weeks. They get Rutgers this week, so that doesn't count. I've made that mistake in the past, Mark, of <laughs> of watching football on a Saturday and then coming here on Wednesday and assuming I was going to see the same football teams right. every right. Saturday the things, rest of the year. Things change so fast, yeah. right? And, and like twenty one year old kids. So I feel like the one thing that I did notice because we did get to watch that Wisconsin Michigan game a bit. Uh, the, the Saturday that we were fishing, it was kind of raining, so we came back and spent that midday at the cabin and a lot of the folks that were on the island with us were from wisconsin so we all agreed to root against michigan 
and watch the, the that Wisconsin team. And uh, I I took more of Wisconsin's a heck of a lot better than we thought they were going to be, rather than Michigan's not as good as I thought. It, did you did you see the same game or was it somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I mean, definitely Wisconsin is very impressive. I think they have been now all year, and that defense is, is for real too. I, I actually thought, though, this is—I think Michigan was much worse than I expected. I mean, they just looked—they mm. uh, were just disassembled. I mean, they just didn't look like they had a plan. They—I mean, they had a, they're coming off a bye week, right? They, they look, didn't look prepared. Right. They looked like they had never played the game before. Like there's just guys running around in the wrong spots. It looked like a junior varsity team uh, trying to catch up with the varsity team, and that—that that, even that final score was misleading. I mean, thirty-five nothing was more of the indicative of that game, thirty-five mm-hmm. fourteen. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a lot of work to do in a hurry. I'm not saying that they won't be a much better team when Iowa goes there in two weeks, but, I mean, can they really make that much improvement in two weeks? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little skeptical now. I really I really don't know why I picked them to win the Big Ten East, and I'm really, really apologizing to everybody that said that story. <laughs> I picked Ohio yeah. State, and still, that one's looking pretty good right now, I would say. Look at you, but brag. I, okay, don't, you, don't, don't brag, well, like, okay, jeez. Emmert is usually our, our, our Nostradamus here, so i got to get one or two right. But... Uh, <laughs> And of course, as you guys know, I picked Iowa to win the Big Ten West. But now I, you know, I don't know if I would change that pick yet uh, because Wisconsin does have to play at Ohio State. That's a that's an extra. Their schedule is still really tough. Absolutely right. And but but obviously, I mean, in my, I think it's an easy opinion to have. But Iowa and Wisconsin are the two best teams in the West. Yep. So uh, that game on November 9th uh, could decide it all. It usually does, actually. If Let's you look back uh, at history I, be, again, and I hate to just. Comp- continue to play ignorant here but it's been a while since i've talked to you guys and i've had very little connection to inside what's happening this uh with this football team injuries when i left there were plenty to to kind of break down most of them involved that secondary um either one of you want to kind of jump in where are we right now with some sort of injury report go ahead mark mark you want to help me out with this yeah, oh, let's see I, it was I, I got go ahead i got more bad news for you it's actually somehow gotten worse on a bye week what yeah they uh they said they went to some light practices. They were trying to let the guys rest a little bit, and uh, apparently some guys didn't get the memo because uh, now we come back, and then Tyler Schott is out, among others. So no, nobody is coming back that was already injured, previously injured. So Schott was the offensive O-lineman who had guard, done a great yep. job of filling. Okay, okay. Yep. Yep. Now, Banward is back, so I mean that's maybe that's just a wash. But, uh, but I think the more concerning thing, and I think Chad would agree with me, is that not a single guy that's been out before the bye week is going to come back after the bye week for this yeah. game, according to Kirk Ferentz. So I thought you're talking about four defensive backs, uh, a defensive tackle, a really, really good offensive tackle, and now a guard has joined that list. So um, they can't afford any more injuries, even against Middle Tennessee State. I think it gets a little dicey if, if they see anything else, you know, anybody else go down. Can we uh, can we take a second, and kind of do these individually here? Yeah, because sure. I'd love. Yep. To, what is the what's the deal with Alaric Jackson? I'm I'm getting a little bit concerned yeah. with that one. Should I be? Uh, Alaric is actually the uh, according to Kirk Ferentz uh, is on the best track to get back. And we you missed this last week too, Ross. But uh, our listeners, uh, if they listened last week, know that Tim Polisek said he was close. Okay. Got some good news on that knee. Good. And maybe that, this is just a case. I'm not not trying to say you're looking past Middle Tennessee right. State, but maybe a situation where it's like no reason to rush him are. back for this game. But they are okay. They thanks, are. Mark. So I think I think it, there's it, at least in the case of Larry Jackson. I'm not saying overall. Like I think that's kind of what it is. Don't okay. you Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think they. I think it's smart to be precautious in, in this situation, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you've got. I mean, the offensive line, frankly, is playing pretty well. And it gives Mark Kellenberger another shot to to get some some ample reps over there, and uh, the the Paulson boys are still healthy and yep. and mowing people down. And Linderbaum's been great, so Banwart's back. I mean, the old lines should be fine this week without Alaric Jackson. 
I mean, they certainly can use (laughs) an NFL draft pick, uh, you know, at left tackle for Michigan, but uh, I think they'll be okay this week. All right. Well, the other guys are a little more. If Jackson's the quickest to get back, then I want to go to that position of concern because you're going to need somebody into that secondary pretty soon. I I mean, just you, you, not that the guys that are there haven't done a, a decent job of filling in. But something else is going to happen. Another knee is going to get twisted. An ankle is going to get rolled or something. And you got a bunch of dudes. Merriweather, Hankins, uh, Moss, Brents. Brents yep. All four of those still? Yeah. Uh, that, the one that, uh, the one they really need back, I think, is Hankins. Uh, that's, that would be the biggie because he's their best. Well, Ojo Moody has been really good this year, but yeah. Matt Hankins is a, is a proven cover corner and, uh, once you get into Big Ten play, you're going to face faster receivers. Uh, that experience is going to help. DJ Johnson survived Iowa State, but uh, I think uh, Matt Hankins is your best option out there. So, but G- DJ Johnson will be out there again this week in Middle Tennessee. They've got uh, the all-time um, or the active leader in in receptions in college football. So that these guys are going to get tested uh, this week. We're going to have Coach Brian Ferentz joining us here in about 20 minutes or so. So when we get back, we'll get through a little bit more football, touch on anything else that we have to get on before uh, before Brian Ferentz joins us to wrap up Hawk Central. Mark Emmert, Chad Lystico from the Des Moines Register, talking football here on 1460. Everything you need to know about the Hawkeyes, it's Hawk Central with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Mix Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Rolling along with Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO. Chad Lysico is in studio with me, Mark Emmert on the phone, and we will be joined by Coach Brian Ferentz here in about 15 minutes or so. Hopefully we can get through uh, some of our topics and maybe even take a few of your phone calls before we go to Coach Ferentz. If you'd like to join us, 284-5966. Did uh, any news that is broken, Chad, maybe in the in the past couple of weeks, like do we know any additional kickoff times? Penn State seems to be the one that people are kind of holding out for right now. A- any word on those? Yeah, all signs, uh, as we kind of reported way back when, it looks like it's very promising to be a night game, but not yet confirmed. Uh-huh. Uh we were told uh, yesterday by the university, like we should know that game time uh, this coming Monday, but they did say it's possible they'll they'll hold it out for that six day window instead of the twelve day window. So you kind of, I know a lot of people have contacted me coming from out of town, wanting you know wanting to know what day they should fly out yeah. if they've got time to get here, on, and uh, <laughs> on Saturday morning for exa- for instance. Uh, so uh, uh, cross your fingers for a night game. It looks that way, but you know don't make the plans just yet wait till monday you kind of touched on it in that first segment chad and mark i i want to take something that chad said and kind of ask you a question about it because i thought that iowa's three losses this year would be at iowa state at michigan and at wisconsin i'm with chad that i see that michigan game a little bit different now and the uh, iowa state game turned out different. iowa state game turned out obviously with the w there what needs to happen for this to be a special season. And if you say keep winning, I swear I'm going to reach through the phone. Uh, for Iowa? For Iowa. <laughs> no, no, Mark. No, Mark. If the Gophers are going to have a special season, what do the Hawkeyes have to do? In fact, let's talk about Drake. What is Drake? For Drake to have a special season. That was great. They're all doing this special, year. Raph. I think, uh, I think if, once they get their guys back, this is a very good team. I don't really see a weakness here once they get healthy. I mean, that secondary, I think, is going to be just fine once they get at least two of those four guys back. Once Jackson gets back, Chad mentioned the offensive line looks really good. I, I honestly think, uh, you know, they've shown out they can go into a really tough environment and win on the road, which is one question we've had, obviously. We're going to see four more of those, but maybe not as tough as we thought. You mentioned Michigan Northwestern. 
even Nebraska don't look quite as daunting now as we thought we'd be at the beginning of the season. So I, I think this could be an 11-1 team fairly easily. All right, Chad, easily. How about wow. you? What, besides those easily. injuries that Mark... They won't even sweat. <laughs> they won't even... <laughs> go out there and yeah. roll out the ball. Uh, besides injuries, biggest thing that needs addressed? Well, I think the biggest concern uh, might be a few weeks out, but the fact that Iowa, again, this week against Middle Tennessee is probably not going to be able to utilize its four two five. Uh, they're going to need that four two five for uh, a team that's coming into Kinnick Stadium on October 19th for sure. And that's Purdue, and that's a team that's had Iowa's number. Yep. And you're not going to get a lot of tinkering time, I don't think, against Michigan and Penn State. So uh, that's a concern. I'm, I'm kind of surprised neither one of you mentioned D-line play because that was yeah. something that's come up a lot on the sound-offs that we've done. People, I, I think that's a big part of that is expectations. I certainly didn't help that talking about how A.J. Epines <laughs> was going to have 143 sacks by this point in the season. Yeah, he's not on pace for that yet. Not but, quite. Yeah. Right? <laughs> what what do they, they have three sacks? Three as a team, yep. And one was on a wide receiver uh, throwback pass against Iowa State. And that, that counted as a pass because the guy was throwing. And they just So you've got one blitz for Amani Jones. you got one for A.J. against Rutgers on the on the leaping snap. And then that, that meager tackle for loss by Christian Welch. So that's it. But Mark is writing this story, I think, for Saturday's paper, right, uh, about this topic. Yeah. So I will clear the okay, floor for so, him. So, Mark, on a scale of zero being uh, you've got Sean Green in the backfield – and ten being um, uh, Mark Wiseman preseason. What? Uh, where's your concern level for uh, for this defensive line? I don't even get the scale you're talking about, but I, I don't. I don't actually have a big concern. I talked to uh, three of them, uh, members of the defensive line, Tuesday, and they are very aware of it. They're they're concerned. I will say this: they're they're that's become a real point of emphasis for them in pack in practices. Uh, they they're, they're charting this pretty carefully. But I honestly think the pressure has been good overall. I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen the quarterbacks just standing back there with all day. They've, they've been scheming against Iowa. They've been moving, getting the quarterbacks to move. They've been throwing the ball out quicker, which can play into Iowa's hands. Obviously, that that could lead to more mistakes for opposing teams if they're trying to do things too fast. So, AJ Epinesa is a very good player. We know this. Uh, Golson, I think, is a very good player. I mean, I think the only concern might be if, if you have to say something is where's the depth right now, uh, especially with Reef out. I mean, it, they haven't really found that. Six, seven, eight guy. We've, we've seen them use five or six. They're pretty, pretty confident in. But uh, where's the seven, eight, nine guys that we thought we were going to see earlier in the season? Because uh, they will, they will be on the field more in, in coming weeks. They have not been on the field much these first three games of defense. So that's going to change at some point. We know that. So I'll say that's a little bit of a concern. But I really don't think it's. I'm, I, don't, I don't think fans should be that worried about it. Honestly, I think it's just the stat right now. Okay. All right, Chad, uh, scouting report from Middle Tennessee State. It would seem like, I mean, Mark's already saying that uh, they're, they're looking past him, and I think he, obviously tongue-in-cheek, but <laughs> a little truth to that here with, is this an opportunity to get some of these young guys some more time, too? I mean, you're obviously not rushing uh, Alaric Jackson back, uh, mm-hmm. not hurrying anybody in that secondary. Is part of that because you, you, you see a benefit to this, in a way, with Middle Tennessee State? Well, Iowa is a 24-point favorite, but uh, you know Middle Tennessee is – a decent program. I mean, it's Kirk Ferentz was kind of talking about that yesterday. I mean, they've I think they've made nine bowl games in the last ten years or bowl eligibility in that in that span. Uh, and their their quarterback is actually really good, uh, Asher O'Hara. Um, he, he actually is a leading rusher and uh, obviously leading passer as a quarterback. But um, you know, he's averaging three hundred twenty nine yards a game. I the more I study this team, I think this defense 
being young in the secondary could have some problems with them just a little bit. I mean, so I just I don't think you can just show up and say it's going to be a breeze. Right. But uh, but yeah, this is definitely an opportunity where you want to start seeing a lot of young guys getting in the mix in the third quarter, the full fourth quarter. That would be the ideal scenario. Two eight four five nine six six. We're going to uh, take a couple calls here. We're going to have Coach Ferentz join us here. Coach Brian Ferentz join us here in about ten minutes or so. We'll uh, start things off with Troy from Urbandale. Troy, thanks for the call to Hawk Central. How you doing, bud? Great, Mark and Chad. Great job covering the Hawks. Really appreciate it. Um, this part is going to be bring some levity in here, so then I'll go for the serious part. But I'd <laughs> in another call, I'd want you to describe all the charts and graphs with the grassy knoll exit of the band. Um, but the way it was <laughs> the way it was described, it was almost as if Iowa uh, deserved an extra first down with them pushing the pile forward. So. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Wasn't someone complaining that uh, Iowa State should have got a unsportsmanlike penalty for the students going on the field? Uh, the I didn't line? think it might have been Chris Hassel. If I, oh, I, was I, it? I, hate, I hate to put that on him, but I think I he was. He, you know, so I don't think right. he may have been. I wasn't landing at credence. I was just saying. <laughs> I was just kind of joining. The... Wanted to um, ask you a little bit about the O line. I keep thinking about the 2004 O line and remembering Coach Ferentz playing at that time, mm-hmm. and I'm. I'm an Eastern Iowa person from the Eastern Iowa Hawkeye, old Eastern Iowa Hawkeye Conference. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see uh, Solon and a Mount Vernon guy represented. And I'm not sure the conference, the North Lynn, but uh, I'm not mm-hmm. surprised that Leonard Baum is sharp. His dad was one of the smartest high school athletes I've ever seen, played quarterback oh. and point guard at Solon. His granddad was oh. an AD there. And uh, uh, so I'm excited for their success. So I'd like you to talk about them. And also about your free safety. Uh, I've never seen a player do that in a long time in college, just knock the ball down and just be real heads up and forgo the interception for a selfless play like that. So, Troy, thanks for the comment on the O line. Thank, yeah. Thanks for the phone call, buddy. Yeah, which one of you guys would like to, uh, to weigh in on, uh, on Linderbaum? Well, I think he's been great. Uh, probably one of the best yeah. stories of the season so far. Uh, and the fact the the way he handled Ray Lima in that game was a huge difference maker because Iowa, while didn't um, dominate the stat sheet in the rushing game, they were able to do enough uh, to kind of inch away, inch forward, and and make convertible third downs. Hmm. So yeah, Linderbaum. I mean, I'm I think that's uh, just an amazing story. The cool. fact that he switched from defensive line to offensive <laughs> line, he's so dominant. You don't even think about him being a freshman. So he would be one of the a handful of guys now, I would say, cannot get hurt going for it. I mean, if he gets hurt, whew, don't yeah. don't want that. All right, Anthony is going to uh, be our last caller before we chat with Brian Ferentz. Anthony, thanks for the phone call, buddy. What do you want to share with us? Hey, Ross, it's good talking to you again. It's been a while since I've talked to you. Yeah, it's last. been a couple How weeks, man. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking, Anthony. What uh, what would you Dad, like to ask? How are you doing this evening? I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Getting better by, with every minute. <laughs> uh, the question is I have for you there, guys. Um, will this bye week will help Iowa or hurt Iowa, Iowa as we play against Middle Tennessee? I just kind of wonder your concerns on that one. And what's, what time is the, uh, the Iowa-Michigan game the following week? Is that going to be a late game or, or at all? And uh, I'll just hang up and listen and uh, go Hawks. Thanks, Anthony. Go, go Hawks, buddy. Uh, Chad, 11 o'clock, kickoff with Michigan, right? 11 a.m. Fox. Okay. 
on Fox. And here's what we'll do, Anthony. Uh, we're going to have Coach Brian Ferentz coming up with us next. Well, let's ask him about that bye week. I think that's a great question for for Coach Ferentz. What are the concerns? What were the, the focuses during bye week? I wonder what Coach Ferentz did on Saturday. Did he watch Michigan-Wisconsin? You know who we're going to ask? Coach Brian Ferentz. He's going to join us next as we wrap up Hawk Central here on 1460. Everything you need to know, Hawkeyes, it's Hawk Central with the Des Moines Register, powered by G Migs Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Back at it with Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO. About 15 minutes remaining in the program. Glad to have you along with us. If you've missed any of this, it'll be available here shortly. Uh, via podcast. Chad Lysico, Mark Emmert hanging out with me, and we are happy to be joined by Coach Brian Ferentz. Coach Ferentz, thanks for the time, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you guys uh, very much for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the program, and uh, I just wanted to start by, uh, you know, telling that, uh, or telling Chad and, and Mark, you know, I, I thought last week they, they asked me a very good and uh, professional question. Um, I don't think I answered it very well, so I just I wanted to start by cleaning that up for them. Okay. Um, and and the question they asked me was, um, you know, why wasn't Oliver Martin playing uh, a few more snaps? And uh, I just kind of want to go back and and revisit that and tell them that, uh, you know, number one, uh, I I think that the most important thing is to just mention how well Oliver's done since he's got in the program. You know, Oliver's only been here since um, you know really June and. Um, in that short amount of time, he's really got up to speed. He's a guy who's playing about three positions um, in our offense right now, and that's really tremendous. Uh, you know, as far as the strides he's made in that time, and, and uh, you know, then on top of it, uh, you know, he's just he's really fit in and, and kind of assimilated in the culture of our team in a in a very positive and good way. So uh, he's done a lot of great things, a lot of really good things, and uh, you know, I think the most difficult part right now is, is getting as many guys involved as we can. But uh, you know, I didn't I didn't want to be remiss in mentioning that he's done well. But so you know, some of the other guys they've played pretty well and uh, performed at a high level. So uh, I think the trick for us right now is getting everybody involved. But but what's encouraging is that they're all improving, they're all continuing to grow. And uh, you know, the one thing I would just tell everyone out there is I, I think um, you know as we're learning with some of the injuries we're dealing with right now, we're going to need everybody as the year goes on. So. Uh, really pleased with his progress, really pleased, pleased with the progress of that whole group. But uh, I wanted to clean that up because I didn't think I gave you guys a very professional answer uh, last week. And, and dare I say I was a little rude to you. So my apologies, and uh, thanks for having me tonight. Glad you cleared that up, Coach, because uh, Chad even said to me before we got started, boy, Brian was really rude to us. I'm joking. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't say that at all. That's very nice no, of you, Coach. That's that pretty you for cool. That answer. Thank and, you. and that's something I, you yeah. know, we do the post game here show, uh, the post game show, Coach, called Sound Off on WHO. And that was something a lot of fans were asking about. Um, so I'm, I think a lot of Hawkeye fans, not just Chad and Mark, I know a lot of Hawkeye fans were happy to hear you kind of clear that up. We had a listener that just called in before the break that was kind of curious about the bye week, not only what the focus was of that bye week, but just kind of, I, I, I want to start on a much less football note, a much more personal note. What do you do on the bye week? Saturday, did you sit down and watch a game? Did you have a schedule set out for teams you had to watch? What did that day look like when there's not a game for you? Uh, well, I got four little ones at home, so th- there's no schedule in our house. Um, you know, and, and fortunately, we were off. We were able to to take the day off. We you know, spent a lot of time practicing throughout the week and uh, trying to improve our football team. The, the focus of any bye week is uh, ultimately it's the same as as a game week. We're we're really worried about how we do things and trying to get better. Um, 
so we were able to practice and, and hopefully take some step forward some steps forward last week felt like we did that but uh you know, then on the, on the Saturday, you're just trying to, to be a dad as as much as you can, be a husband, be around, be present. Uh, but I would be lying to you guys if I said uh, I didn't peek at some football on on the TV. There were a lot of big games, a lot of matchups that, that were pretty interesting, pretty intriguing. Uh, the, the one thing you notice when you watch college football, because typically you, know, you don't see much. Maybe you see one game, depending on when you play. Uh, if you play a night game, you don't really see anything because uh, your, your focus is somewhere else. If, if you play an 11 o'clock game, typically – uh, you'll see the evening game in its entirety unless you live in my house, and, and then you're probably in bed by, like, 9 p.m. So, um, <laughs> you know, the nice thing about the bye week is you, is you do get to see a more complete uh, type of schedule. And I think the thing that it, it always stands out to me, whether you're watching, um, you know, the Sunday after after the, the last game, we got a chance to, to see a little bit more of the NFL schedule than I normally do because we're typically working on Sunday. Um whether you're watching NFL games or you're watching college football games, I think the the interesting thing about football as a sport, um, you know, if, if you don't have humility, if if you're not humble, um, I think Mike Tyson said it. Mike Tyson said something to the effect of, you know, if you're not humble, then you'll have humbleness visited upon you. Um, I don't know if you can say it much better than that. Um, th- this is a hard game. You know, we, we play a competitive sport. Uh, we we play in a in a competitive arena, right? If you play Division One football, there's a lot of good teams, uh, and and basically anybody can beat anybody on any given day, more or less. And, and so, uh, I think what's impressed upon you when when you watch those games is if you're not doing things right, if you're not worried about the things that are going to help you win football games and taking care of the details, uh, make, making sure that you know you're playing fundamentally sound, that you're improvement driven, that you're disciplined in your approach to your preparation, uh, then then certainly things may not go well for you on any given Saturday. And I think it's a good reminder for us. I think it's a good reminder for our football team. Uh, if, you, if you want to be good, if you want to do anything that's that's worth accomplishing, it's going to take some humility. And, and you need to understand that you've never arrived, you're never there, um, that every opponent is, is dangerous. You must respect the game and what it takes to win. Uh, and you better have some respect for every opponent you play uh, and, and, and approach the game that way. And if you do those things, then... You know, usually I think you can live with the results, but uh, plenty of reminders last week of why that's so important. Yeah, great answer. I was thinking of the Wisconsin-Michigan game as you were talking because I was perpl- I was uh, wondering to myself, is Michigan that bad or is Wisconsin that good? Well, we'll find out in November, still week four. <laughs> Right. Uh, okay. So here's another question uh, I wanted. I've always wanted to ask you. Maybe, maybe someone has. I just have never heard the answer. Do you script plays? That you always hear that on TV. Like, oh, this guy scripts his first 15 plays. Is that a real thing that offensive coordinators do? Do you do that every week? Um. You know, we we do something like that. Um, we we have what we call openers, things that we're going to try to get to early in the game. And and sometimes, you know, you're right on that. I only use about 10 of those. Um, and for us, it's typically, you know, we play in a lot of personnel groups. We, we mix personnel groups. We mix formations. Um, you know, and just generally speaking, we look a little bit different than most of the teams that, that we compete against and most of the teams that the teams we compete against compete against. So um, every week there's a little bit of unknown. You know, we, we have a pretty good idea how we're going to be played on some things, um, but we don't always know. So, so a lot of times we want to put a personnel group out on the field. Or, or put a certain formation out there to see how um, they'll play and they'll adjust to it. Uh, those are the things we try to get to. Uh, certainly you want to try to get to, you know, establish the run game and, and get some good throws going early to 
uh, try to get the quarterback in rhythm and and um, build some consistency offensively that way. But uh, we're not we don't subscribe to hey you've got to be on this script. Um, you know, a lot of times situations will dictate that you get on and off that script, um, and and we're never gonna you know play the game based on a piece of paper. You know, just as a as a mm-hmm. as a coaching staff, we don't believe in that. Um, we don't call it off paper. We we don't call it. it's not like a you know. Uh, paint by numbers. I, I know some people do that. For us, it's not. You know, we, we're trying to feel the game um, and put our team in the best situation to be successful. Uh, but it, you know, like yeah, you asked an interesting question. People do do that. Um, okay. You know, I, I know a lot of people in the West Coast school of thought. You know, they, they come out of that coaching tree. Um, yep. they, they'll script twenty plays and they call them. Like I mean, they, they're on that script. It's like the Bible, mm-hmm. and they try to get their right. twenty best calls up and, and run through them and. Um, Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I, I guess I just don't have the the patience to do that. At the end of the day, <laughs> like find it. out something that's good. We we may go back to it. And uh, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, I, I learned this from a from a high school football coach a long time ago. One of the better guys I've ever been around as far as coaching and teaching and all those things. And he said, you know, if it works, you should probably make them stop it. And uh, try we try to try to live by that. The problem is if it doesn't work. Uh, then you're spending your time trying to figure out something that does. It's not as much fun. Turning the page. Through, through three weeks, Coach, what are you most concerned with about this offense? Um, you know, through three weeks, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased with the progress we're making. I'm, I'm pleased with the things we're doing. Um, we have a lot of guys that are working hard to improve. Uh, we've had a lot of guys that have played in the games. Um, and, and it's like we talk about every year with those guys. We've had a lot of guys that maybe back in early August didn't think they were going to be out there. Uh, and they're out there playing. Maybe they didn't have that expectation for themselves. But uh, one, one thing about a football season, you know, you're going to have injuries. You're, you're going to have guys that, that aren't playing every week. You're going to have things that you didn't expect to happen that happen, that come up. And uh, I think the important thing is we've got a lot of guys working towards uh, improvement. And because of that, uh, we've had a lot of guys go in there and, and have significant roles and, and carve significant roles out. So uh, that's been really encouraging. Uh, we, we've had three tests. We, we've passed those tests. We've taken that step every week. We've gotten better. We've we've done some things. We've been in some interesting situations. You know, we've had some field yeah. position issues that we had to overcome, and uh, and that's been really positive. You know, we've gone in and played in a in a pretty hostile environment, and then dealt with some delays on top of it, and, and I think that's been good. Uh, but but probably what I'm most uh, excited about or. Um, you know, feel pretty good about is the fact that I, I really believe we've developed some depth over the last three weeks. And, uh, you know, it never comes the way you want it. A lot of times it, it comes out of necessity. Um, but that's football. That, that's that's the game we chose to play. And coach, it's violent. Um, and, it, and it's physical. And guys are going to miss time. You know, I think about the 2015 season. I don't, I don't know if I've ever been a part of a year where we had more injuries at more spots on the whole football team. Uh, but but ultimately, no one no one cares, right? Like uh, I don't think Middle Tennessee State is real worried about who's playing and who's not playing this weekend right. Um, for us, right? They're going to come in here and they're they're going to come in here and punch us in the face and try to beat us. Um, so what we have to do is make sure that we're ready to play. And and we talk about all the time in our program. You know, I know you guys have heard us say next man in, um, but but what we're really talking about is uh, there's a lot of things that that don't matter. Okay, where you play the game doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Uh, if you're home or away, okay. If it's if it's light out or dark out, if it's night, if it, if it's morning, okay. If it's raining, if it's sunny, if it's hot, if it's cold, uh, if you have guys hurt or guys are healthy, 
Uh, no, no one cares. You, you got to go out and play, and you got to go out and compete. And right now, up until this point, uh, I think we've done a good job of that. But, uh, but I also tell you, I think there's a lot of things we can improve on, and and that's going to be our goal on a weekly basis, trying to play our best football week in and week out, and, and that's quite a challenge. Uh, Coach, let's give Mark a chance. I know we're going to run out of time here quickly, Mark, but you've got to have something you want to throw at Coach here. Go ahead. Yeah, well, let's talk about one of those next men in. Um, what, what excites you about Spencer Petrus, the backup at quarterback? What, what kind of separated him to get that job this year? Well, we've been really pleased with, with really how how Spencer's come along since he's been here, but uh, I'd be remiss to say you know, that Peyton hasn't really improved and, and done a lot of really good things as we've gone. Um, so we've had a lot of growth at, at, at that position with both those guys. Um, you know, the depth chart is just kind of the depth chart, and, and ultimately uh, we feel pretty good about both those guys in that role. Um, but, but I think the thing that impresses me the most about both of them is that uh, they've taken great command of the playbook, the, the system. And, and I really think that's the most difficult part for a quarterback coming out of high school um, and, and, and moving into you know, a little bit more demanding um, system offensively when he gets to college, you know, whether it's ours or anyone else's. So uh, both those guys have done a tremendous job of uh, learning developing with within that system but uh feel really confident in both those guys that's probably the best compliment i give them that if, if they did have to go in and play um which definitely could happen right, right. Uh, that the, they would both be able to execute the offense and do the things that we want to do um but you know certainly nate's playing very well we're excited about that but uh you know this is college football and, and he's not gonna be here forever so we're working on the future as well coach thanks so much for giving us time here on, uh, thanks, on Wednesday afternoon very much appreciate it yeah. sir Apology accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate that. Thanks, Brian. We'll chat with you soon. Coach Brian Ferentz joining us here on Hawk Central. What an awesome way to start that. We had a ton of questions about Oliver Martin yeah. and that uh, on that sound off, and it was one of those things it's like, man, you won a football game. The team's 3-0. and I, I don't know. You're right. We didn't see a lot of him. I, s- so I suspect we'll see more in the yeah, future here. I, right. That Iowa State game was just weird. You almost have to throw it out in it's some a ways. Good, and, Chad, when I keep going back to that beginning of season predictions that we were doing. It, right now, we've kind of seen the production we thought we would see from Oliver Martin to this point. It just happened in kind of an ad, the inverse way, right? Yeah. Let's get to some predictions for this week, man. What's going to happen on, on Saturday, Chad? Yeah, yeah. This, like I said, this Middle Tennessee State could be sneaky tough. I mean, if I was not ready to go, Brian touched on it right there. Uh, I like their offense. I think I was impressed with what they did against Michigan uh, and Duke. They put out some good numbers. Uh, I initially picked this as forty-five to ten Iowa. I think Iowa's offense is going to have a really good day, though. Uh, Duke scored on on like its first six or seven possessions. Forty-five seventeen. Forty-five seventeen. Mark, how bad is it Saturday? I got Iowa forty-nine twenty-one. Yeah, I, I'm probably with closer to Mark, like a 45-21. I think they could put up some points against that secondary. Uh, similar to what Michigan did here, though, Iowa ends up pushing this team around. And a nice win, 4-0 Hawkeye team going into the heart of that Big Ten season. Going to be fun. We'll chat next Wednesday right here on Hawk Central on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.